Hi, and welcome to the Operation Move podcast. I'm Kate, and I'm back with Zoe. Hi. Hi. It's been an exciting week, hasn't it? It has been. It's. I mean, it's funny. This morning, I was at. Uh, I was at CrossFit, and I come in like probably about fifteen minutes before we start because even though I'm driving at you know five a.m. in the morning, it's not like I'm going to hit traffic. I'm just eternally committed to being early and there's there's no other way so always there's a 5 a.m class as well so you will see the tail end of them doing the workout which is usually fairly terrifying (laughs) and um and you'll be sitting there while they're doing like an amrap which is as many repetitions as possible which might go for seven minutes or 15 minutes you'll be like gee they seem to be doing that for a long time so i was sitting there and i was talking to a couple of people and they were talking about one of them one of the women had had a bit of a, a shoulder injury and it had been really frustrating and she was talking about how it really gets you down after a while and I was thinking about like the last week I've had a cold um, so nothing major but enough that I thought I'll just rest until I'm feeling better but actually by the end of the week I was quite depressed and I hadn't actually like connected the dots on that I just felt kind of low and I felt lethargic and I kind of I couldn't really get motivated to do anything and you know all of that kind of stuff and then on Monday I went uh, back to CrossFit and then afterwards I was like oh I feel great now (laughs) (laughs) funny that funny that (laughs) gosh that's an early start I used to be a morning person I don't think I'm an any time of the day person anymore like it gets to nine o'clock and I have to be in bed and at seven in the morning, I'm like, why do I have to get up? <laughs> I, I miss that. I miss early mornings, but they're just horrifying to me right now. I just want to sleep. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that while pregnant, I didn't do uh, do early mornings at all. But it just it has a huge mental health thing. Like, And also that week, I noticed how I was so much more frustrated in the morning with like getting the kids out of the door. And then this week with getting back into my routine I'm like oh yes it's all good you know I can handle these screaming children (laughs) Mm. actually it's funny you say that in MindFit at the moment a couple of people we've been talking about productivity and organization and things like that and these are things that I love 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 even at the moment where a lot of it's fallen to the wayside for me so we're doing a week of daily check-ins where in the morning we're each putting in our to-do lists so we can look at you know, the things we maybe procrastinate too much and, and the way we prioritise our days. And in the evenings, we're doing ta-da lists where we can talk about, you know, what got done, what got in the way and how we dealt with that. Because I think as the year kind of wraps up, all of us just have so much going on and it's so easy to get overwhelmed. And I think, you know, you're a bit like me, like you have routines in the morning that help set you up to have a good day. But sometimes when those things get... Um, get a bit off kilter it can throw you for the whole rest of the day and I guess what we're trying to do at the moment because a number of the women in there at the moment have their own businesses as well which is just another you know another level of stress sometimes so we're looking at um you know ways to get on top of that and hopefully get through the next few months with all of us with our sanity intact (laughs) seems like a plan yeah yeah I mean it 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 is such an eternal juggle like you know obviously kids are in school but you know like whatever it is I don't know is it six hours five and a half hours whatever it is it doesn't go as far as you think it think it will and between you know business and coaching and 
kids and the house like there's always stuff that's just never going to get done and what I've started doing is a priority list instead of a to-do list which is just a minor mental shift but a to-do list I look at and that's overwhelming I go oh my god there's so much to do priority list I look like I write down kind of just like things necessary things that have to happen today and then there might be a couple of bonus things that don't have to happen today but if I did get to them then that would be awesome and that way every day I kind of work on a priority list and in the long term I would like like to be a little bit less sort of like jumping from urgent thing to urgent thing and that's sort of definitely something that I'm going to look to put in place you know as things tend to wind down a bit over Christmas it just gives me that little bit of time to sort of you know probably put some things in in place so that I'm a bit more prepared but either way when at the moment it works for me yeah I think that's a real key and I think that's one of the things I'm hoping a lot of people will take from this week and it's optional you know anyone who's got MindFit membership can join in they don't have to it's just something that we're doing um But I'm really hoping that, if nothing else, a lot of us will kind of look at, once we get to three or four days in, look at what we're doing and say, hang on, we're spending all this time on things that aren't actually serving us. And the other thing is, like, for me, I like to list every single little thing. Like, you know, do the washing, hang the things out, do what I'm like, which makes for a massive list, but it's way easier. Like, it's a lot more to tick off at the end of the day. So I have a greater sense of accomplishment. <laughs> Sometimes if I do something that I remember that I didn't put on my list, oh, I'll write it on my list to mark it off. <laughs> yes, yeah, because then you get to tick it. And that's yes. like and that's why I like I really hope that um everyone is gonna value their ta da lists much more highly than their to do lists. But the point of the to do lists as well is that I can look at those in the morning and say to these people, right, where is your me time? Because that's a key component of mind fit that you prioritize yourself even if it's only for 10 minutes a day and and make some nurture time and that can be you know a cup of tea and reading it doesn't have to be anything fancy but you know all these people have got these lists and we've got a lot of women who are you know working full time who are juggling families who are juggling businesses and when they show me a list that kind of accounts for every minute of their day and in not one minute they're sitting down that's alarm bells to me and I'm glad I've got the opportunity to kind of say to them all right you need to prioritize this there is something in that day that can be shifted to give you back a little bit I mean also yeah and also you run the risk when because I as a as a person who tends towards being the overscheduled which I'm sure you'll find is very shocking um (laughs) there's you know if you are like I have had periods of time where literally every like I had my day scheduled out in 15 minute blocks from essentially the time well not until I went to bed but until the kids went to bed essentially and admittedly they were at that stage they were going to bed a lot earlier than what they do now but the problem with that is if one thing goes off it has a domino effect on everything else Mm. and it can wipe the whole day out so now I kind of much more work in kind of like the the between times like this is the time I'm doing that and then I've got like a little bit of time in between when I start the start the next thing and that way if something ends up taking me a little bit longer than what I thought it would then it's no big deal and I'm not taking time away from the next thing I have to do 
Yeah, and that's um, uh, like that's hilarious to me because been there, done that, got the t-shirt. <laughs> I'm I'm a bit mental around scheduling and stuff sometimes, and for me, like it's yeah, it's been learning how to kind of chunk things down into specific tasks that may or may not take a certain amount of time. And also, I guess for me at the moment, like I have all these things I want to get done. I've got you know business stuff. I would like to write another module before the end of the year for Mind Fitters to access. I've got you know, those groups to manage, but I've also got a lot of housey stuff and I seem to have hit that nesting thing as well. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm suddenly having panic attacks that I haven't got everything ready for the baby and I'm thinking, oh, I better get onto that before school holidays. And, and then, you know, all the usual kind of end of year stuff coming up. So for me now, rather than, you know, my day is, okay, 9 o'clock, go for a walk, 10.30, have a shower, whatever. It's now like, okay, if you can get a walk in, that's great. That's a priority for me. That's pretty high up the list. But then maybe further down the list might be doing the folding because, you know, if it comes down to it, I can do it in front of the TV at night or I can ask one of the kids or I can get Rob to do it. Like, it's what I have to do, what requires me, and it's an opportunity for me as well to say to the kids, you guys need to step up at the moment because I'm not managing the same level of, stuff that I was managing even a month ago. Yeah, and I think also for me, like I sort of look at things with my schedule. Like there might be things personally where I would feel a whole lot better at the moment it probably if I took a day to, you know, give the house a good tidy. I mean, it's clean, but it's not not tidy. There's piles of stuff everywhere I need to deal with <laughs> because I have an aversion. I I'm all good with with washing and you know putting on the line and bringing it in I have an aversion to folding and putting away (laughs) so um but the fact is is that is something that's really easy for me to do when the kids are home and you know like writing um for the website or programming or doing this is really hard to do when they're home so I have to prioritize the things that um are going to be difficult when they're home from school to do during the day even though I might like to be doing other other things because then I'm going to sort of get the most out of the day as well. Yeah that's absolutely key when you're working around children I think is to figure out pretty early on what things can be done around them and what things you absolutely there's no point even trying when they're home (laughs) yeah I mean like sort of like with cooking and stuff they quite they quite enjoy you know coming in and helping me so you know if I was doing some some of my bulk cooking or whatever then that would be a good thing to do when they're home or you know doing tidying up basically when they're home I can forget about using the computers most of the time so I do yeah. all of that while they're at school <laughs> and it's you know it's a constantly shifting dynamic too like the older they get the more flexibility you have in terms of that stuff as well like my kids are mostly old enough at this point in time where I could say okay I just need an hour to sit down and do this and I can have that hour and I can get it done Whereas, you know, six months from now, that will no longer be the case <laughs> again. Like, I will be running to someone else's time frame, not my own. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely now that they are a bit um, a bit older. It's, it's very different, you know. Like, I had something that I needed to do the other day and I just said, I'm just going to um, do this and then we'll do your thing and they can they can cope with that. Whereas, you know... I did not have that kind of level of negotiation power when they were three months old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so that's not actually our topic for today. But we just love it so much. (laughs) 
<laughs> we do. <laughs> but we were just, um, before we started recording, we were having a chat about some stuff that's been going on on Facebook the last couple of days in the mummy bloggerverse, and it's all a bit gross and not worth going into really. But the thing that probably struck me most out of it, and I don't agree with either of the women involved particularly either, um, but one of them shared a photo and made a comment that was just clearly um, body shaming. And I thought, gosh, really, this is where we still are. And, you know, we wonder why women have so many issues with their bodies. Our, our daughters are growing up with issues. And, and it's just constant, this constant barrage. And it was probably a quite offhand comment, but it was one that linked how a woman looked with an assumption about her health and fitness. And, you know, I think we know better than anyone that that is just utter BS. Like, it doesn't work like that. No. But it did make me think, like, something that's probably worthwhile for us to talk about is um, things you can do today to love your body better, the way it is right now. Because right now, where it is is, is fine, actually. You know, the kids at, um, at Fit Kids uh, last week had to name a favourite body part and why they liked it. Riley picked her brain, which in no way surprises me at all. <laughs> and she said that it was her favourite because it controls everything. So that was a cool answer, I thought. Um, and I think that that can also be a good place to to start. Like everybody has things that for whatever reason they're not super, you know, super comfortable with or super happy with. But most people usually have a part of their um, their body that they really like and probably mine is um, is legs because you know you can just sort of um, see that in part of it is that I can see how they've been changed by running and the other part is obviously that they've done a lot of running so it's sort of like a, a retrospective thing as well like I know what they're capable of regardless of what they look like it's where all the vast majority of my tattoos are <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love that that's a really great idea I love your daughter too that is the perfect response isn't it that's just gorgeous <laughs> I think I would say the same like generally speaking actually probably not at the moment but legs would be mine too for much the same reasons like I have quite strong legs when I'm able to do more than I'm doing at the moment and they've taken me a really long way and they've done things that I never thought were possible um, and at the moment I'm going to say probably my belly for obvious reasons but I'm in a um, an online due in January group with some women and someone you know we share belly photos each week and stuff like that and some of it makes me feel very old and jaded and some of it's lovely um, but this woman shared a photo of her belly and she's at the same she's at 27 weeks the same as me and She's written, you know, is everyone else feeling down about stretch marks? And I just thought, oh, yeah, do you know what I did in previous pregnancies? This time, you know, I know what's going to come at the end of it. I've, I'm in a very different headspace around that. Like it feels like a gift in a way that it didn't with the others because we've had all these losses in between, I guess. But I just thought, isn't that – because it's such a thing for pregnant women and for all women, like – if you're someone who has gained weight or lost weight, which let's face it is probably 95% of the female population, there's a chance you've got stretch marks. You've probably got cellulite. You've got all these things that are constantly photoshopped out of anything that the media shows you so that you will think there's something wrong with them. Yeah, it, I mean, I had, I got stretch marks on um, sort of on my outer, you know, like hips, thigh area when I was a teenager 
just from what happens when you grow. And same mm. on my breasts when they were developing and everything was happening, got them there. And I think probably thing with the uh, belly stretch marks, all I not had the kind of like very kind of like dark coloured sort of like pink stretch marks in the past. And it was slightly alarming because I hadn't <laughs> seen that kind of version. I'm like, hmm, I hope they'll fade in time, which, you know, mm. of course they did. And... Um, you know, it's just not sort of, I think that so much of like people put a lot of effort into sort of like, all of this sort of stuff about preventing stretch marks, which in the end is mostly genetic. Like either it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. So there's no real point in worrying about it. Yeah, exactly. And look, you know, I guess maybe I'm coming from a position of privilege because I haven't had red stretch marks. I don't know. I have a friend who had from her pregnancy stretch marks that radiated from her belly button and were really like pretty full on and they were upsetting for her and I can understand that because it, it has changed her body visually and that would take a lot of getting used to but at the same time I'm not doing anything like I don't care enough I'm putting coconut oil in my belly because it's itchy all yeah, the time itchy. Yeah. but you know it it's part of the process and I guess like as I sit here I'm watching my belly jump around and she's kicking and having a dance party in there I just think you know in three months a whole new person is going to be in the world if I can't admire my body for what it's doing right now then I'm, I'm never going to am I no and I think that you know it's just also like usually we actually we're coming up to that time where I usually post a picture of myself in a two-piece of some description and say um something to the effect of uh, you don't need a beach body because you already have one take your existing body to the beach problem solved um, and you know I don't always like some years I feel great about how I look and other years I'm like eh, you know that could use a bit of work <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know I do it every year and it's in part as a reminder for the community but a big part of it is it's a reminder for me as well is that um, whatever sort of insecurities I have inherited from um, from media saturation about you know how I'm supposed to look and what I should look like has very little to do with me um, putting on something to go and wear at the beach or go to the pool with or go for a swim in and you know have fun with the kids and do all of all of that sort of stuff um and you know like I, I think that you know not like I think everyone should be wearing a two-piece because some people probably feel um way more themselves or more attractive in their one piece or whatever it is that they want to wear like I'm, I want to look at because we're going to um, Fiji in a couple of weeks and so I thought oh I wouldn't mind looking at some of those older sort of like 50s style swimsuits because I think that that would, could be um, could look quite nice so it's not like everyone should be wearing a string bikini but you should be wearing whatever you are happy wearing and not thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the thing we don't always think about, that, it, but it is absolutely true, is that loving your body and appreciating your body, it takes constant practice. I don't think it comes naturally to many of us, unfortunately, you know, whether that's because of the media, whether that's because of our upbringing and unhealthy attitudes from earlier generations. I mean, it doesn't really even really matter why. 
I think it is, it's a work in progress. And God knows I don't get it right all the time either. Like I've had times since pregnancy where I look in the mirror and just go, Jesus, where have my legs gone? You know, I'm carrying extra water, I'm bloating, I don't always love it, I feel heavy, I'm tired. We all have that. And so they're the times that I think maybe you do need to put in a little extra work and do things. And there are lots of really kind of practical things you can do immediately to feel better about your body. Like for me, if I get exercise, and even that, like right now, is difficult because my I'm having some serious hip problems. But even to go out for 10 minutes for a walk, that can be enough to shift my mood and to remind me that, you know, just moving my body makes me feel better. And it brings me back to the point that my body is an engine and it's something, it's a vehicle. It's not purely aesthetic and it shouldn't be purely aesthetic. Yeah, I mean, I think that things that I've done in the past that have really helped, um, you know, like the temptation, you know, like when you put on a bit more weight than you're comfortable with for whatever whatever reason that that is it could be any manner of things going on is I do actually go out and I buy clothes that fit my body as it is not how I want it to be because you know continually having to wear clothes that are too small for me are not going to make me feel good it's just going to make me feel bad and so you know it's not like I'm spending you know thousands of dollars on that but you know just getting uh, enough that I'm going to have clothes that I feel like I look good in that I'm comfortable in that I enjoy um, are going to make a huge difference to how I feel about myself when I look in the mirror I remember when I was sort of just coming after one of the girls had been born I'm not sure if it was Riley or Piper but I just went and got a proper bra fitted instead of the ones that didn't fit me after you know everything had changed shape and it made such a dramatic difference to how I looked in my clothes yeah that's a really good one and another thing that I find really helps when I'm feeling a bit blah is um like the thing is I think for me I don't know if this is everyone I'm just assuming it is because it works for me If I'm moving more, like whether that's walking or running, going to the gym, whatever, I'm more inclined to want to eat more kind of fruit and veggies. Like it's like there's a subconscious kind of carryover. And the thing is when I'm eating more fruit and veggies, particularly coming into the warmer weather where kind of the stone fruits are coming in and there's more options as well, like when I'm eating better, I feel better. Whereas if I'm feeling crap and I immediately turn to my beloved chocolate chip cookies, if I eat too many of them, that it's actually not helping how I feel either it's not serving me nutritionally and it's not serving me mental health wise either no matter how much I might think I would that will solve the problem (laughs) sadly it doesn't (laughs) so there's like a tight correlation between my levels of activity and how I feel about myself and how I nurture myself with food as well yeah I mean I'm I'm a bit the a bit the same the more active I am the more I am like it started off with the more I'm then forced to look after what I'm eating like I can't you know be doing you know running three times a week and cross train cross training three times a week on a crappy diet like it just doesn't work um so it's sort of started with being forced into (laughs) eating in ways that that help my body and it sort of slowly morphed into much more of a choice and then when I am not active then I can get away with eating a lot more crap so I do eat crap and then I feel like crap and then I don't feel like being active and I think that that can be a really big thing and to really kind of 
I think also for me, it's a, the temp. If you get into a destructive pattern with your weight, which I've certainly done at times in the past, your initial kind of reaction to to being overweight it can be to go into this kind of like you know starvation mode which eventually turns into like having a binge starvation and all of this body punishment which it does absolutely nothing for uh, your health and how you feel about your body and how you are uh, treating your body and sort of making that for me that shift of you know maybe I am like when I was probably, I don't know how many years ago it would have been now, but probably it was really maybe only a year after Piper had been born and I wasn't super comfortable in my body, but I was at that stage of being able to say, I'm being able to do all of these super impressive things with the weight that I am and that cut to me I can kind of go that's kind of even more amazing than if I was a more sort of standard body type and being able to kind of like reframe that for myself then sort of changed how I felt about it yeah I love that and one of the other things that people or that I've read in the past and I wonder if this is true it certainly is for me is that one of the ways you can Um, help love yourself better is just to really focus on becoming comfortable with yourself naked which I don't know I think once particularly for women you get past puberty there's so much discomfort around it for a lot of people and it's something that I'm conscious with particularly because I have an 11 year old who is developing rapidly and the last thing I want her to be perceiving from me is that I'm uncomfortable with my body like and obviously my body is different now than it was a year ago than it was a year before that and so, like, I'll happily wander around naked, much to my 13-year-old son's disgust, but he has the option of looking away. <laughs> and that's that's how I think about it. And I have no expectation of them to be naked in the house because that's not their comfort level. It's not always entirely mine either. But I don't want them seeing me kind of hiding away, being uncomfortable with my body and taking that on board for themselves. And I'm not always comfortable with myself naked either, but I work on it. You know, I look at myself in the mirror and I try to look at myself as a whole and I go, you know what? You're doing okay. Yeah, I mean I think that I think that probably the biggest one of the biggest transitions I made was that I could I was quite capable of loving my body and not just in a kind of like lip service kind of way but actually really thinking that my body was an amazing awesome machine and still having it as something that I wanted to work on or improve like I don't think those things are mutually exclusive like I'm capable of having so much admiration and respect for my body and still think I'd like to you know like work on on this or on that and you know sometimes it's it's sort of like more goals like I want to be able to do a um, unassisted pull-up or something like that so it's sort of more muscular changes and sometimes it might be well if I want to do that then you know a lower body fat composition is going to help me to get there or you know like what whatever it is but I am now capable of doing that without looking at the fact that I can't do that yet as some kind of failure on my body's part or something to be unhappy about because I think that the more I think of it as impressive then I think you kind of have to be like people kind of tend to think of 
themselves as in opposition to their body like you read a lot of stuff about how their body's letting them down their body's failing them you know um, they're at war with their body particularly in, in terms of diet and that is just I, I th- really think that you need to look at as it is a lifelong partnership and for it to work you really need to get on the same page yeah, that's absolutely perfect, I think. And particularly, you know, I guess I'm thinking about um, I know a number of women who are kind of in the middle of a weight loss or a fat loss, I should say, a fat loss kind of process and there is an overwhelming sense of when I get to. And if, if you can't love yourself now where you are, like there, there is no actual end goal. Like you might have a goal weight but when you get there, you're not going to magically feel better about yourself. It's a myth that that happens. It doesn't. And you need to be respecting and loving your body every step of the way. And if and when you do reach that goal weight, you, you're already there. You already love yourself. You're feeling great because you've achieved that specific goal. But in the process, you've enjoyed it. Like every single day you're living, there's not like one day in three months' time when you're going to weigh a certain amount. And your whole life's going to turn around. It just does not work like that. And in the meantime, what message are you giving yourself? Yeah, I mean, you know, like I had um, at CrossFit this morning, we were doing um, snatch pulls, which I won't, I won't bore you <laughs> with the details of what that involves. But basically, um, it we've been sort of doing some technique stuff. Um, so, and one of the coaches this morning said said to me wow Zoe that's really really solid you look great I was like that's awesome <laughs> and that I would have so much more pride in that than say if tomorrow I um, hopped on my scale and that said that I was down whatever percentage in body fat you know like because it yeah it, that's just I guess how I'm you know I do so much better like working on those goals and having other things as secondary because that is then what is going to drive me to keep wanting to improve. Um, but I just think that it's um, it, it's one of those things where you have this idea of, you know, oh, when I reach this goal weight, then I will be happy and you'll be exactly the same person as you were before it's a bit like when when I had had Riley and I guess I always had this sort of idea that parents all had it together and they all knew what it was doing and I always assumed sort of my parents were like that and then I kind of got there and I realized I was I was a mother but I was still exactly the same uh, neurotic person <laughs> that I'd always been I was just now responsible for a child and that was kind of eye-opening for me because it was kind of like things don't you don't get to this point and then all of a sudden have things change or and things be perfect you're just exactly the same person as as you were before and so even now like I think probably when I look uh, when I was in the process of losing weight after kids I kind of thought oh I'll get here and I'll you know feel happy and I'll feel confident and you know all of that sort of stuff and none of it happens because I'm exactly the same person that I was before. Mm. I think one of the most powerful things for me or one of the most powerful moments was when I realized that actually no one else is really looking at you ever and as someone who's got a history of eating disorders and body dysmorphia like I spent a lot of my life 
thinking I had to look a particular way to be attractive to my partner so that friends would look at me a particular way, whatever. Like it was never really about how I was looking to myself because how I looked to myself wasn't based in reality in any way, shape or form. And the more I remind myself of that, that actually no one is looking at me, the more power it gives me because if no one else cares, why am I investing so much emotional energy into it? Like if I invested as much energy into um, being active and feeling good over over the span of my life to this point as I have into worrying about whether my ass looks big in something, I would be in the Olympics. (laughs) It's... It blows me away and I really don't, I mean, I know I'm not alone in this and that's probably one of the saddest things. To me, it's also similar to how, um, like I remember when I started running and I was so obsessed with not being slow and the faster I've gotten, the more I've realised how much it doesn't mean anything and I think that, you know, I think that uh, weight loss or fat loss is a bit the same. Like when you are somebody who's just had a baby and you feel really self-conscious and you feel overweight and uncomfortable and all of that kind of stuff you kind of look at the other end of the spectrum and say oh you know that would be so much easier that would make my life so much easier you know and all of that kind of stuff and then you get there and you're like yeah not really (laughs) I mean you know like it kind of helps not having to carry around that um you know like over time you do notice you know being having a bit more energy or I did anyway from you know not carrying around as much weight but you know like essentially all of the the health benefits of uh that people gain from being more active are from being more active not from weight loss so I think that you I really challenge that idea that you can look at someone and decide by looking at them whether they go to the gym or not or you know what food they eat or how healthy they are or any of that kind of stuff because it's complete crap yep very very true and with that I'm going to have to skip off in a minute because I need to go hang out with some grade one or two so you don't have anybody hang ups at the moment which is very refreshing <laughs> <laughs> oh that is yes I don't, I, I don't want I don't want any of that to to change like my little one will often just like refer to her um she might say something like oh do you like my beautiful face like she it doesn't even occur to her that beautiful and face are somehow like separate words like that's just how she refers to it because that's what we always talk about talk to her about her face and there's no kind of self-consciousness about it or anything like that I just love it so much and I never want it to change no, it's delightful, isn't it? My five-year-old's the same. She'll she loves putting on makeup. She she has she stole from me ages ago on makeup, and there's an eyeshadow in there that's like a kind of glittery, almost orange, and she packs it on, <laughs> and it looks a little bit like someone's taking a swing at it, like, to be honest. But she'll pack it on, and she puts on lipstick, and she loves it, and she you know puts on her squirrely skirts, and she really enjoys it. And she'll say, "I'm so beautiful today," and I'm mum, and I'll say, "You're so beautiful every day because she is," and you know she can't hear it enough and it's got nothing to do with the makeup or the clothes it's to do with the fact that she's just a beautiful little girl yeah yeah it's 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 such a it is a a really lovely age for for that reason you know the older they get the more 
nervous I get for them you know but mm. you can only just you know do what you can do and hope for, hope for the best really yeah and I'm, I guess I'm seeing that with my older two now because they're both moving into puberty very rapidly much to my horror at the same time <laughs> and and you know they are having so many issues with their bodies and I guess I kind of thought it wouldn't happen so much with my son because I massively underestimated the way things have shifted over the last you know 20 30 years and there's easily as much pressure on boys as there is on girls to look a particular way and things like that so it feels like you know it's kind of walking on eggshells most days around here because you don't know what's going to set who off (laughs) but at the same time you know I feel like all we can do is just fill their cups to overflowing every day with all the good things they're achieving and hope that it's enough to get them through yeah yeah I remember watching some I forget what it was now but it was some parenting show ages ago and um he was the father I think he had like six daughters <laughs> no sons and um he was saying that his only job was to you know fill them up so, you know so, so much that even as hideous as the world world is that it couldn't be taken away yeah I love that. And I think, you know, if that's all we do as parents, then we're doing pretty well. I think so. And so we will let you run off and um, we will talk again uh, next week. If you're enjoying this, uh, give us a like or a review over on iTunes. And uh, if you would like to, you can also join the Facebook community group, which is a fun place to be. And that's at facebook.com slash group slash op move but i'll link it up in the notes for the episode fantastic and i'll talk to you next week bye bye